Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blue defenseman Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN. Gentlemen, uh, Blues get the, uh, the win last night. Three games up. Three W's. I like everything about it. I feel really, really, really good about the team right now, obviously. But Donnie and I were talking a little earlier. and oh, there we go. Side just, talks again. I mean, we do work in the same studio. I'm we do work in the air. Oh, I don't work in the same building. I three doors down. Not the band either. Long walk just to talk with you. Trust uh-huh. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team looks fast. This team has so far has really looked fast, which is not a way I would have labeled them previously. Well... You have to look at who you've added here, okay? Uh, Jake Neighbors has good speed. Uh, obviously, Jordan Cairo, he's hit another level. He's got tremendous speed. He always has, but now he's got some power behind it, too. Brandon Saad is a fast skater. Pavel Buchnevich is a fast skater. You have substituted out some guys that maybe weren't as big. Maybe we thought were fast, but aren't as fast. This is a really skilled, fast-forward group that we have out there right now for the Blues. Is it weird to have a coach that didn't coach this sort of thing the last couple of years? Is that a, is that a concern okay, at all? Okay, so let's, let's, let's correct that, okay? Let, let's fix the, the whole... Perception, maybe? The whole perception of Craig Berube. Craig Berube, just because he used to bash people's faces in, okay, he doesn't necessarily want his team to play that way. Of course not. Now, 2019, if you watch the way the Blues played and the way they won the Stanley Cup... They were a heavy team. They didn't go out of their way. They didn't goon it up. Who did they have that fought that year? Pat Maroon? Maybe Braden Shen every now and then? Maybe Robert Bortuzzo? They didn't have a fighter that year. So the misconception of Craig Berube has to have a bunch of black and blue in your face and smash your face in hockey, it's not true. He likes puck possession. He loves skill. He loves quick transition. He hates turnovers. He hates poor puck decisions. That's Craig Berube. So when you look at last year, I think the identity last year never was truly discovered of the Blues. Because you had 
a couple of smaller guys, and then you had Mike Hoffman, and what do we do with this guy? Then we didn't have Tarasenko, then you did, and he wasn't happy, and then you had other parts that weren't meshing well together. Tory Krug was uh, was great to finish the season, started off kind of slow. Justin Falk was now kind of your first number one defenseman because Colton Pareko was unhealthy. A lot of different things going on here. This is a team that, quite honestly resembles 2019 tremendously, and maybe they have just a touch more speed, but that speed is not at the expense of playing the physical type of game that they like to play. Okay. I'm going to try not to hurt myself in asking you this question. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, because I've asked this to you before, and I understand that it it's probably a silly thing, all right? I understand that playing 82 games in a year for the for an NHL team, I cannot imagine the physical toll that that takes on you. I cannot. But, man... Last night was one of those nights where we saw Vladimir Tarasenko plugged in and given an ish, and I just don't understand why we can't see that guy more. It's not like he was doing this against a crappy team. Now, I know they didn't have Stone or Pacioretty, but still it's Vegas. Dude, dudes, he was incredible last night. I think he had 11 shots, but seven you know, were on goal. Like, dude, I don't understand why we can't see that more consistently from 91. Because if we did, I would lay on the tarmac at Lambert to keep him from being traded somewhere. I don't know that that would really do anything. Probably not. Anything? not. I don't think so. apples and oranges. Very, not all d- that very dangerous. Possibly a federal offense, too. <laughs> I'm not sure. But to his point, that was the most shots on net for Tarasenko since 2019. Okay, guys. So, two part answer. And here. I know you, I know we've asked you this before. I know that this isn't new material. I get it. But it's just so freaking frustrating. Well, maybe there is some new material, Donnie. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to quiet material? listen. There is. Okay. There is. Now, I was going to say no. We're going to practice a breathing exercise first. <laughs> okay. okay. Donnie? Sorry, man. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's now, better. we're going to address this situation, okay? Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, this is what he's always been capable of. And this is what he has done with the St. Louis Blues many, many, many times and for many seasons. And the fact that maybe he's been dealing with some injuries over the last couple of years, maybe he hasn't felt great or healthy, maybe he is, you know, whatever it is. We've had spurts of Vladimir Tarasenko like we saw last night for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm not worried about that. And, yeah, you can't play like that for 82 games. It's impossible. No athlete has a perfect game every single night. It just it is what it is. Now, the other side of me, the more, hmm, I don't know, maybe pessimistic side or eh, maybe in a bad mood side, says, wow, isn't it a coincidence that he plays so amazing against a team that was talking about trading for him? Also, too, I heard a rumor that there were a lot of scouts in the building. Oh, last imagine night. that. Hard to believe. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that's the case. Right. It's just very coincidental that uh, you have a lot of scouts in the building. You have Vegas with two of their premier players that are out, one of them undetermined as to how long he could be out. Uh, and the other one is uh, the other situation is the Vegas Golden Knights were one of the teams on Vladdy's list of teams where he would go and a team that kicked the tires on finding out what was going on here. And all of a sudden, Vladdy shot out of a cannon and has 11 attempted shots on net, a goal, and back-checking and jumping up and fighting with Petro and all this stuff. I'm hoping um, to be more positive about this. I'm hoping that that's what Vladdy wants to do for the St. Louis Blues. This is what he wants to be ultimately for this team. And hopefully that's what we see again on Saturday against the L.A. Kings, another team 
that was on his list of teams where he would go to. I'm hoping he has a miraculous, amazing game again. That would be fantastic. But I would like to see it consistently against every team in the National Hockey League. But uh, look, the St. Louis Blues, it's no secret, they're a better team overall when Vladimir Tarasenko plays like he did last night. He has the potential of winning you hockey games, which he scored the game-winning goal. He had a lot of great opportunities. However, when he doesn't play up to his potential, sometimes it can be disruptive to the team, and that's where the problem kind of lies. Okay, because, and here's like kind of like the example that I wanted to sort of use is, is you know, Braden Shin is one of those guys, man, that every single game that that dude is out there, we know he's leaving it out there. Sure. All right? And I understand that we see games where Braden Shin doesn't have great games. All right? I get it. But to me, the drop-off isn't as noticeable when he's having a poor game yeah, as you know it is why? with 91. You know why? Because Braden Shen always has the ability of running into somebody, blocking a shot, or fighting somebody. He just does and more that, things well, is what it. you're saying. Okay. Uh, make, he just different things well. That's what I mean. I, okay, different. Because Vladdy doesn't have the ability it. to go and spear a guy, drop the gloves, and fight him. I mean, he. I guess everybody has that ability. Right. But it's not part of his, you know, his, his style of play. Yeah. So when Braden Shen's having a bad game... It's a lot easier to skate up to a guy, punch him in the face, and go, let's go. Now you're like, okay, I did something for the team. The fans are enjoying the fact that I just threw down with a guy, and I get to spend five minutes in the box, which means five more minutes I can't suck on the ice. <laughs> Catch my breath, that sort of thing. All right, we, we brought up the three names, so I'm gonna, I, I would like to bring up the thing with when uh, Petro gave us that game-winning goal, which is really nice. Uh, the thing behind the net with him and Shen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it. It was very, very subtle. Uh, but uh, I guess Petro was behind his own net. Shen went in to check him, kind of went up a little bit high and almost tried to do the dump thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Petrangelo grabbed his stick and threw it mm-hmm. like a jerk face. But that was a jerk move. But it was nice of him to give us the puck back so that we could score the game-winning goal. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's – is that something that uh, – grab the guy's stick and throw it like that? Is yeah, that I would. You would? I mean, Shen or why Stick. Isn't that an, why isn't that a penalty? Well, it, or, or can it be, I it guess? It can be. Okay. But when the official sees a stick come up in a guy's face, you have a you have a game right that's tied in the third period. You've got two of the best teams in the conference, certainly uh, teams that are a good, good, solid rivalry. Braden Shen goes in there, kind of, sort of, slew foot, half slew foot stick up in the face to Petro. Petro grabs a stick and throws it. If I'm the referee, I'm like, yeah, tied 1-1. We're going to leave that alone. Nobody gets a penalty. That's the way I look at it. If you skate up to a guy completely unprovoked and just grab his stick out of his hands and throw it, you're getting a penalty. But if the guy kind of clips you in the face with the stick. Yeah, see, I didn't see the clip in the face. I saw that they were up high, but I didn't see Or an elbow in the face face or something like that. Like, there's a reason that Petro grabbed the stick. It's not just because he needed one. I mean, one left-handed stick and he shoots (laughs) right-handed. So, I didn't see the problem there. It was a really entertaining game thoroughly last night. But there were a couple of times, and I feel like I remember it more in the in the first period uh, than the rest of the game, where the Blues, you know, gave up a couple of odd man rushes. Uh, oh yeah, how do you how do you clean that up? How do you communication? But and but, get... but also too, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I no, know it also fine, too. Buddy. It's Vegas, and they're good at what they do. So yeah, you know, somebody's man. gonna go the other way. It's gonna be them. Yeah, that's, you know that's what I mean? One of them. Yeah. Sorry. Now please go. No, I apologize. Good. I'm good. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sure? I just think no, of things, Jamie. I'm sorry, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. There it is again. There it is again. All right, Tony. Um, I'm going to do my best to answer this now. Uh, I started out with communication. 
and you got a couple of new guys in the lineup. Like last night, they on the William Carlson goal, which, by the way, he shot the puck, got the rebound right back and put it in. And the odds of that are are slim and none that, that he could do, duplicate that in another game or another opportunity. But Justin Falk uh, reads the play the right way, and he's aggressive. Craig Berube wants the D-man on their toes at all times. And what that means is if you're leaning forward on your toes, you're going to have to go forward. If you're leaning back on your heels, it's hard to run forward, right? I mean, yeah. just think about that. If you're yeah. standing in your house right now and you lean forward, your body wants to tell you to go forward. If you lean back on your heels, it's hard to go forward. It takes more effort. So Craig Bruby wants the D on their toes in the offensive zone, keeping pucks alive, keeping pucks into the zone, keeping the pressure on the opposition. Justin Falk does a great job of reading that play, gets down there. The player who doesn't do a great job, however, is Brandon Sod. He's the F3, the high guy at the time, and what he's supposed to do is just fill in behind Justin Falk and go play right defense pretty much in that area until Justin Falk is out of the battle. Or if he stays down low, you stay up high. You just That's the way it works. He's covering for him. Covering for him. Brandon Saad gets a little itchy there, and he starts to drift down too. He ends up near the hash marks top of the circle. They chip it off the wall. It's a two-on-one the other way. So that's a mistake right there that it's – I just described it to you. It's simple. You pull that up on the video and say, hey, Sodder, right here, we're telling our D to go. I don't know what you played last year or whatever. It, it's fine. We're three games into the season. When you see our D down low, your job as the high guy is to fill that spot. But also as a vet, Brandon Sod probably knows that already. He knows right? it. He knows it, but he's also right now trying to prove his worth to mm-hmm. the team. He's also trying to keep the pressure on because Craig Ruby is all about keeping the pressure on. Don't He wants to suffocate the other team with strong defense and, and closing out plays. Don't give them a chance to even look up the ice. Get on it. Stick on puck. Body on body. So Sod's probably looking at it going, oh, you know what? This is my opportunity to keep the pressure on here. Problem is, is sometimes the other team's really good, too, and they see that, and they know. They're like almost like, whew, whew, whew. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Off the boards, two on one the other way. You see his goal, it almost looked like he either lost sight of it after he shot it or he was surprised it went in, one of the two. Have you ever had that before? I know I know you were a defenseman. Once Jeff, you got every to the time NHL. I shot the puck, I expected to score, quite honestly. <laughs> or he was surprised when it did go in. No, I did have a goal like that. I did have a goal like that. I mean, that's hard to remember all my goals. Right, um, yeah, but yeah. I did have a goal like that. Against Martin Brodeur. I was playing Whoa. for uh, the Red Wings at the time. Your favorite mm, team, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we won a face-off. I forget who passed it to me. Somebody just passed it to me. It was at the blue line. And I just fired a slap shot. And it kind of got through a bunch of guys. I remember, like, Niedermeyer was out there. And he kind of, like, moved out of the way. And then it just went right up under the bar on Martin Brodeur. I didn't even know it went in. All of a sudden, everybody's cheering. And I was like, who got what? it? <laughs> who got it? I literally was like, who got it? What like, happened? Who, Why is everybody screaming? Who deflected it? No, it went right in. On Marty Brodeur? That guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Last Minute Blues podcast is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. You know, I, I one of the things that's kind of tough, like, at least for me as as as, as fanboy, is going 3-0 to start the season and not getting... <laughs> critically overwhelmingly excited of uh, of the season but you know man i mean there's some really good things to be excited about with this team jordan bennington being one of those yeah, one of those absolutely. things man yeah i see his numbers from this three game it's obviously 3 and 2.67 gaa and a 9 i'm sorry 0.921 save percentage yeah that's right Guys, where it needs to be yeah 
And that's that's what I wanted to get. So, like, w- w- as far as that safe percentage, mm-hmm. what are we hoping for? What are, what's the ballpark that that we want to see? Well, you'd like to have a goalie safe percentage to be nine twenty and above. That's elite. Okay. Now, otherwise, if you want to just have a goalie that's a very good goalie and gives you a chance to win every night, nine ten and above is kind of where. You need to be for that. But Jordan Bennington's a goalie that absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind, he should be hovering around the 920 mark and above all season long. He he plays so good. And this year, he's so calm in the crease right now. Like his, when I say he's a quiet goalie, okay, and people are like, oh, is he quiet? Well, yeah, he doesn't speak a lot. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Although he is very calm to the media, he's a little more rambunctious with the boys, I can tell you that much. But being a quiet goalie in your crease means limited movements in order to make the save. And then when you make a save, you don't leave a second and third opportunity available there so that you're scrambling. You ever see some of the goalies that are like save, then they're kick save, then they're split save, then they're backflip save. That's a goalie that's not quiet in his crease. Doesn't mean he's not a great goalie because Dominic Hasek was not necessarily a quiet goalie, arguably one of the best goalies ever in the NHL, but that style of play is much harder to duplicate day in and day out. Jordan Bennington, right now, he's so powerful post to post that even the other night we saw against Miko Rantanen, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, was a one-timer, and he fired that 100-plus miles an hour. There's no doubt in my mind. Bennington just calmly get a nice right foot push straight across the, the crease into a bit of a split save. No rebound. Nothing. Everything is quiet. There's no no loose change hanging around the crease. That makes it much easier for the D-men, too. We, you know, you bring up all the time, well, we got small D-men, we're not bashing people's faces in and all. Okay, agreed. But if there's no rebound, you don't have to. Right. Mm. You just have to box guys out then, and all that means is stand between them and the goalie. And Jordan Bennington is doing a phenomenal job of ending plays before there's chaos. All right, and and I want to bring something else up with the broadcast last night, but real quickly, I mean, you got to think who so plays – Monday against the Kings, right? If it's if it's Saturday against the Kings and then Monday, Huso's got to get the Monday game, He's going right? to get one of these games. He, he won't get the home opener. Right, I didn't think so. Uh, he won't get the home opener because, obviously, uh, not that you plan your roster around certain events, but I would imagine that uh, Tom Stillman and Mr. Zimmerman would come down and say, hey, we really would like it if Jordan Bennington started on Saturday. It's a home opener, and mm. people really want to see Jordan Bennington. And we've got fans back in packed house. A lot of Jordan Bennington jerseys in the uh, in the in the shop too. A lot of number fifties, <laughs> please. And I think that you know Benny will play on on Saturday. And yes, I do think Billy Huso will come back on Monday for sure. Do you think Jake Neighbors is just go get yourself an apartment, pal? Yeah, I do. No doubt. No, there's no doubt. And we had Craig Bruby on the fast lane this week, and not just not just um, that conversation, but just listening to Craig Berube talk to the media in general about Jake Neighbors. I've never seen a coach um, openly just talk about a young player. Like, he's not even asked about Jake Neighbors. And all of a sudden, he finds a way to bring Jake Neighbors into the conversation and brag on him type thing and talk about how good he is, how mature he is, and how much he has – he, he, he has confidence in him. He's playing on the penalty kill. And I, I broke down a, a bunch of stuff for Bally Sports, some video stuff, and one of our packages coming up is Jake Neighbors. And I think we'll see that on Saturday night, the, the, the opener. The very first game of his NHL career, he's playing against the Colorado Avalanche, with or without Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landis. It doesn't matter. That's a hell of a hockey team. Jake Neighbors is killing penalties. 
He's killing penalties against one of the best teams in the NHL. Right away, he's never played in the NHL before. He's playing difficult minutes. He, and then you fast forward to the Arizona games. He played great there. He makes a fantastic pass to Clem Costin to score a goal. Then he gets in Jacob Chickren's face at the end of the game. He got all five guys in there with a little bit of a brouhaha there. This kid's not going anywhere. And He's I not going anywhere. I don't know who he was behind the net with before he made that pass to uh, Clem Shady, but he went back and forth and, and bodied the guy the puck, off first. You hear Craig Bruby talk about how strong he is on the puck. Go back and watch that goal. And I do highlight. Actually, you know what? Pre-game show for Bally's on Saturday. Pay, tune in because there's a film room there where I go through it and I highlight the fact that the D-man tries to get in there and lift his stick a couple of times. And that's a man. This Jake Neighbors is 19 years old. He's still a boy. You know, he's a strong boy and he's a big, capable boy, but he's not a man. You know, you get in there, you're 25, 26, 27, you find your man strength, and it's amazing how much you can throw people around at that point. Jake Neighbors stays strong on the stick, protects the puck, comes around, and then also in that clip, and you'll see that on on Bally's on Saturday, everybody's eyeballs are on Jake Neighbors, Mm -hmm. watching him. All five Arizona Coyote guys are watching Jake Neighbors, and he feeds a pass right through to Clem Shady, your guy, and he puts it in the open net. So that tells me a couple things. He read the play properly behind the net, he protected the puck, he was strong on the stick, and he had great vision. I like those things in my players. A lot less important, but before they start uh, selling a whole bunch of Jake Neighbors jersey, do we settle on a number, or is this his number? Is there a story behind the number, or is yeah, the it story because is, it was, is, is he wasn't expected to be here, or what? No, the story is the kid's a throwback. And what I mean by that is he was given number 63 at camp. That's it. Thank you. I'll take my jersey, and I'll go play now. A lot of kids, you know. He just wanted a jersey. He didn't care the number. A lot of kids right now, they come in, and they, they want their number, or they want a number. Hey, when can I change my jersey? Sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Like, how about you just worry about doing your job and making it here and staying here before you worry about changing your number type thing? So for Jake Neighbors, there is no history to the number except, uh, you know, you know Richie Matthews, the Blues equipment guy, said, here you go, kid. Here's 63. <laughs> What's the history behind your number? This is the one they gave me. And sometimes, sometimes players keep it. David Perron kept 57. Yeah. Never said a word, kept 57. Now he's number 57. We'll never know David Perron is a different number here in St. Louis. And so Jake Neighbors, he might be 63. Yeah. So be it. So how do you manage a talent like a 19-year-old Jake Neighbors through what we assume is going to be an entire National Hockey League season? You know that there will be valleys just as there will be peaks. Mm-hmm. So are you co- you got to be coaching him a little different than you are the other fellas. You're providing a ton of information and communication with the player. That's all. You don't overload him. Uh, and quite honestly, the Blues have one of the best staffs available for it because they, every guy was a former player. Every guy is a former player. Craig Berube, Steve Ott, Jim Montgomery, Mike Van Ryan, they all know. They've all been there. Sean Farrell, I've talked about him a number of times. He's a fantastic video coach. He gets the game. He played the hockey, played hockey at a high level. Nothing pro or anything like that, but he understands as well, too, not to overload a kid with a bunch of video, video, video. Now, if the kid keeps coming back and wanting more, well, you let them have video. You sure. know, it's it, it, sometimes the player will dictate ultimately how you handle him and what you provide to him. But to me, it's again, it's we talked about this. Well, I think last podcast was comfort. Make the kid comfortable. Mm-hmm. Talk to him. Hey, what's up? What's going on? They, you know, he's living with Braden Shen. We talked about that. Gets out on the road. That's his first road trip with the guys. And Bozak grabbed him, took him out for ice cream. 
in Denver or wherever the heck. The, I don't know if, if ice cream's a new code word. Not sure. <laughs> either way. Uh, either way. I met somebody named Ice Cream one time in L.A. She's a fantastic guy. Um, we shared some ice cream. We sure did. I don't remember it being all that cold. But anyways, uh, you know, that's how you do it. You bring him into the fold and you make sure that he's comfortable. And what's happening now is you watch the players and – they're respecting his abilities. Again, I'm going to talk about the video that I broke down on the penalty kill. Braden Shen is 100% uh, trusting Jake Neighbors when they're killing penalties out there. He's letting him do his job. He's not overcompensating. He's not trying to do the job for him. It's amazing what's going on right now. And it starts with Craig Berube, who from the very beginning of training camp has said something different about this kid, something I really like. There was uh, one of my favorite parts, I think, of watching the game last night. I really, really enjoyed the TNT crew uh, with Gretzky and Did Paul Bissonnette. I felt like I was watching a Saturday Night Live skit. In a bad way, you mean? Correct. Huh, really? So it was too much of the shenanigans. I didn't see it last night, but I saw the other one, like, and I thought, I, I thought it was great. I just enjoyed Gretzky a lot okay, chopping well, on Biznasty. I enjoy that, too, but at some point, it's like, you know, come on. You want you want a little more X's and O's from from Wayne Gretzky. What happens from from my stand my, from my viewpoint on that is Wayne Gretzky needs a a different voice at the other end of the desk that is equal in value as far as like what he brings to the the broadcast. Like Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player to ever play the game. So how do you how do you disagree with that guy? Right. Well, you need somebody like. Uh, like a Brett Hull on the other end and be like, you're out of your mind. You know, mm. that's absolutely like, somebody to challenge him. right now. There's no challenging. Like even when he goes at Bissonette, Bissonette has not no comeback. Well, even because- though in a regular setting in a room where we're having beers and like a, at the bar, Biz Nasty's going to go back at him and he's going to absolutely just annihilate Gretz with like one liners. Can't do that on TV. No way he's going to do that. To, to I didn't the even think one. about that. That angle. Uh, of it. So it's, it's all, it's very, um, it's very one-sided to me. And Anson Carter is great at what he does, but he's very quiet. So to me, there's a lack of energy on the panel. I feel like I'm like, Ugh. and Gretz is very soft-spoken. So I found myself in the intermissions, like turning up the volume. Like, I can't even hear these guys. I'm getting old. I was going to say that's an age. And it happens, and I've got allergies, and, you know, i got this thing going on. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I <laughs> enjoyed it, but I also don't think that they need to try to mimic the TNT NBA deal. And I feel like they kind of might be trying to mimic that set after the, this the Shaq crazy. and Charles Barkley and all this that stuff. This is crazy what I'm about to say, okay? And maybe this individual is not the right person but an individual like this person in many ways, except for maybe some of the awful ones, is Sean Avery. Sean Avery. And, wow. and he's, he's had a lot of, hmm. um, we'll say, bad decisions. He said some things over the years and whatnot. I think he's learned a little bit. He's Now he's a dad. And since he's become a dad, he's toned down a whole bunch of things. But Sean Avery knows Gretz. Sean Avery played in the league. He lived with Holly. He's like... And he is not afraid to voice his opinion. Now, again, I don't think Sean Avery necessarily is the guy, but that's what I'm looking for on the other end of the desk is somebody who's got some energy, doesn't care what you think about what they're saying, and will go back at the panel. We'll push back at Gretz on a play. There was a good at that. There was a lot of good information. Gretzky, I understand what you're saying, you know, soft-spoken and things, but, man, I thought some of the information that he was giving – I thought some of the information that he was giving was really was really excellent, you know. Like, and also one of the things, absolutely, absolutely, and one of the things too that he brought to light that that you have said, they were talking about. I think a player going back and playing in Philadelphia or something along those lines, and and Gretzky was kind of like, 
It's not as big of a deal as you kind of think it is. It's oh, you mean another like going back there after they've played? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And it just—it was just kind of something that reinforced something that we've heard from Jamie a couple of different times. You know, I, who I really like is that uh, Kevin Weeks. I I'm do a, too. I'm a fan of the dude's energy. I really am. There's a Weeksy's lot of time. Awesome. Yeah, I can't remember the dude that does the desk with him every once in a while. It's not Jameson Coyle. It's the other guy. But when they're behind the desk and they do the live updates with them and mm. they're going crazy over a goal, you know, jumping around or standing up on the desk and stuff, I, I love that kind of but energy. But ESPN wrapped up Weeksy for a reason. That's yeah. why they got him because he is awesome at what he does. He's super well-spoken. He never steps out of line. He's got good energy. He's got a passion for the he game. He can get emotional really, really Yeah, and too. he gets emotional in a good way, a bad way. Like that, But that's what I'm saying is what you need. And I understand the Paul Bissonette thing, and I like Paul Bissonette. I know Paul Bissonette. He's done a fantastic job of branding himself in a way to where his podcast has now got him in a position where he's on TNT with Wayne Gretzky. Pretty does decent. he belong there? Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. I just think that the panel is very monotone right now as far as their energy is concerned. Anson Carter deserves to be there. He has done a fantastic job over the years, too. But they usually couple him with, like, a Jeremy Roenick back in the day. Mm. JR's energy was up. you got to have some contrast, in my opinion. When I'm watching, even let's talk the NFL. You've got a couple of the NFL groups. You've got contrast. You've got the... The straight and narrow guy. You've got the crazy Terry Bradshaw. You've got like Tony Romo's full of information. You've got this different menu type thing. Absolutely. Well, hopefully sense. they'll be able to, to kind of work it out. It's they'll get more under- comfortable. I yeah. think it's their second broadcast. Um, you know, they'll get more comfortable. And if they have anybody that is truly evaluating it, then they'll step in and talk to them and say, hey, look, we need more of this. We need more of that or whatever. Speaking of, you just brought up Brett Hall just a few minutes ago. Uh, Who? Brett Hall. Oh, never yeah. heard of him. He's the brother of Bart Hall. He is. Yes. Actually, I don't know if he you do sure that or not. Never uh, heard of him. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a conversation with Bart Hall, and he actually does have a brother named Bart, mm-hmm. uh, not uh, a handful of years ago, and mm-hmm. when, but the, it was the first time I ever met the guy, as a matter of fact, and he introduced himself. He said, hey, I'm Bart Hall, and I knew he was Brett's brother, and I said to him, it was out at the old St. Saint, Saint Charles Chill, yeah. out there at the family arena is where I first met him, because he had something to do with the team. I don't know what it was. And uh, I said, so, oh, what do you do with the team? Or I said, what do you do? And he goes, I'm just Bart Hall for a living. I said, okay. All right. And that's what he does. He does a pretty good job of that, I would think. So anyway, we're going to be sitting down with Brett Hall, the the three of us, with Brett Hall at uh, Junction House. And that's a week from Saturday, October 30th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a special live Last Minute Blues podcast. I cannot believe this. Yeah, we're going to have to, honestly, if you're if you're a fan of you know this podcast or blues hockey in general, Get out to Wentzville. Find a reason to get out there, and I would figure – I'd make a call over there and figure, figure out if you could reserve a spot or whatever yeah. it is. You're not going to want to miss it. Holly is going to be completely unchained. We're going to let him loose, and it's uncensored. So the podcast will be available as far as on our podcast page. You will not hear it on 101 ESPN at any point because – of the obvious. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have some fun with Holly. We're going to do Q&A. We're going to have uh, some giveaways. And overall, we're just going to have a blast, man. Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, blues signed items at Brett Hall, uh, number 16 jersey, which makes sense because that was his That's number. That's his number, yeah. That'd be pretty pretty badass. <laughs> I haven't I haven't spoken with that guy in, uh, you know, a long, obviously just from a reporter mm-hmm. standpoint in forever. But one of my favorite memories of him back in the day in the locker room, Especially, especially, Jeff always in the locker room. Always, it I'm always ends up being like, one of his oh, favorite memories. His favorite thing. Every story starts. So, uh, yeah, we I, I, just as he was getting out of the shower, right? 
Shane no. Corson will be See? mentioned in minutes. You're you're completely wrong because he was still in the shower when I, no, I'm kidding. But what he used to do, and maybe you remember Jeff this. Jeff used to wear shower I shoes. I don't know. It was weird. Sh- <laughs> Everybody else like middle of winter and Jeff walks in with shower shoes on. And that's it. Hey, guys, nothing what's going else? on? Hey, I have a Brett Hall story. You guys want to hear it? Jerk oh, yeah. faces Sorry. or not? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, jerk face to, is back. Yeah, there is. T-shirts available. You, no. know, you know the white uh, the white shower towels they used to give you in the locker room? Oh, yeah, Jeff. I know it do. well. Yeah, so do you. So anyway, Donnie, he used to lay like lay it out flat in front of him on the ground in uh-huh. front of his locker area and sit down, put a dip in. Yep. And then one reporter would come over and go, hey, let me ask you about And he'd be like, wait for everybody to get over here. So I don't have to say this crap more than once. Yeah. And he'd sit there with the dip in his mouth, and he would spit. And that towel was used as a spit towel. But also I realized that keeps everybody X amount away. Genius, I thought. Okay, so Genius. a couple things about Brad Hull that people should know. And we'll – We'll dive in. You know, we should do a little more get to know Brett Hull every podcast until we have the live one, just Love so it. people have a, a an idea. I'm going to give you something right now. Here's your here's your tidbit on Brett Hull. One, every media interaction that he ever had was fun for him. People think, oh, he was kind of sharp tongued. Okay, yeah, he was. It was a game for Brett Hull. He loved to mess with the media. He loved saying something that was so out of whack, and mm-hmm. then he would turn around and wink at the guys. Or he would turn around, and as he's walking back into the regular spot with the with guys in the locker room, he'd go, why did they write that one? <laughs> and he had a blast with it. The second thing about Brett Hull, a guy, honestly, I would never say this to his face because it's he would just gloat too much. He's a borderline genius. He really is. He is so frigging smart that it's crazy in all areas of life. Like, he knows he's that guy that if you had a trivia night, you're like, I'm going to call Holly because I guarantee he knows something about this. And he's also a human behavior like savant. Like, he can tell by people's body language and read people. And it's it's amazing. And then he'll come back and talk about that person. And, and like, it's awesome. And so... I had the privilege of playing with Brett here in St. Louis. We were teammates. We became really good friends in Detroit. Uh, obviously, the connection there. We had Shani there. We had Cujo. We had Holly. But Holly and I lived very close to each other. And we had a great time here. We partied together and hung out together. But in Detroit, we became, like, best friends. And I learned so much about this dude. And we had so much fun. And that will be cool, too, when we do that, that podcast um, next Saturday out at Brett Hull's Junction House, you can ask him, too, about some of the stories and some of the things because we had a blast. And it's not all like you think where it's like, whoa, look at that story. It's crazy. No, some of this really simple stuff where you actually, like I got to know Brett Hull and be a part of like a lot of his family functions and things like that to where I got behind the curtain. And it's pretty wild to have experienced that and to have that relationship with him now. Was there any, and I think I kind of know the answer to this, but is there any reason why he did not stay around hockey more in front, I don't want to say in front of the camera, more, what am I trying to say? Well, what are you, I mean, are you sure. like on a TV role? No, or like I mean more like, because I know he did a little bit. Yeah, that, like, why was he not more involved in hockey after he retired? Did he just want to get away from it? He with a lot of people. Brett Hall doesn't like to play the political games, right? He doesn't like to play the... The, 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 the grab-ass games. He doesn't. And he was a GM down in, in Dallas, and they didn't even give him the full title. He was like co-GM. And that irritated him. And, you know, they, they relieved him of his job at one point. And Brett Hull could have done anything he wanted in the NHL. He could have been part of the league. He could have been part of an ownership group. He could have done anything he wanted. 
Brett was just fine being Brett. He, he got very impatient and very irritated with some of the crap that was going on in hockey. And quite honestly, he didn't like some of the false people, the, the fraudulent people who are one way to you in your front of your face. And then they go behind, they just backstab you because they want your job or they you know, don't want you to get ahead in, in the industry. And Brett was like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I'm Brett Hull. Okay. I'm one of the best hockey players to ever play the game. One of the best goal scorers, maybe arguably the best natural goal scorer. I don't need this crap. I remember, you know what? I was just going to say that. He probably just went with the attitude of, I, I'm not going to do this because I don't need if to. If somebody was really smart, to. Jeff, if somebody's really smart, they would have brought him in as part of an ownership group. And now people viewed him as a little bit of a loose cannon. You know, they never, those people didn't know Brett Hull. They don't know yeah. Brett Hull. Yeah, yeah. If they were smart, he would have been part of my ownership group. Give him a small percentage of the team along with a job, right? So you give him, uh, he's part owner, minority owner, because Brett, he's made a ton of money. I don't know what his wallet looks like, ultimately, if he can compete with some of these other people, but you give him a small piece of the team and becomes your ambassador, your face of the franchise. And you send him out there. And what a, what a, you have a guy that's has skin in the game now. What do you think he's going to do for his product? He's going to Everything spike he that can. thing. Yeah. You think he doesn't like to earn money? Yeah. Of course he does. And not not to mention a young player in the locker room would have Brett Hall walk in the room, for Christ's Hall sake. Hall walk in and grab a guy, put his arm around his shoulder, talk to him a little bit. You know, listen, I'm a huge Brett Hall fan. Not a hockey fan. Like, not, not Brett Hall the hockey player. I'm a huge Brett Hall the person fan. And so there's a lot of things that, that I get irritated with mm-hmm. because people have a they, they have a bad read on Brett. They don't get him. I, I want to know what his day like today. Like what's Brett Hall's day today? That's, you know that's, what I mean? He's at the golf course. Yeah, okay. No, he All is. Right. Let's just make sure we ask him that. I think that'd be a fantastic uh, question. I you'll be you'll be surprised at how uh, calm, yeah. boring it really is. I, I don't think that in my career I've ever had the opportunity to meet and interview someone that legitimately made such a big imprint on my life. I mean, I was like a marginal hockey fan. And then the Hull and Oates stuff starts, and man, I mean, I just, whoop, hook, yeah. line, and sinker. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I just, there are so many things that I want to ask him, not only about playing, but, 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 you know, with Jamie. And, and, and you know, with people listening that, hey, oh my gosh, we should go. Bring questions, because there is going to be a yeah, Q&A. No, we're going to do a Q&A. It's going to be a little different, okay? Uh, because obviously there'd be a million questions, yeah. and, you know. Why don't have... we do the answers first? No, That'd be no that's called Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> okay, right. Brett Hall Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, my God, let's do it. Yeah. No, let's not. We're going to put them all in one of those things where, like, the bingo balls, you know? So yeah. you write down your question, put it in a thing. We're going to pull, like, 10, 15 questions out at random. That way there we get, you know, as many questions as we can. And there's a lot of repeat questions, I'm sure, that come through there. That's a good way to keep some order in the building. Because, I like that. Yeah. Dudes, this makes me nervous. Whoa, man. Yeah, he texted me a couple of days ago. I think it was all caps. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're interviewing Brett Hall. <laughs> I just, it's, dude, it's just, you know, man, I, there isn't even, I don't even know that there's a musician that, that had the impact in my brain that Brett Hall did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't want to be an idiot about it, but also at the same time, I really got to watch that guy, and it was an, I mean... Dude, one of my it was favorite, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but one of my favorite things he he ever said to a reporter about goal scoring and how do you score so many goals or your effort or whatever. And he said, he goes, every time I score a goal, I'm deathly afraid that it's my last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, that's what he said. Pretty like, good way of putting it. Holly had a, um, a, something not too long ago. I don't know if it was one of the, the documentaries he did, but. 
you know, the fighters used to get so uptight about their next fight. Like, who are they playing? Look in the lineup. They lost sleep. And there's, like, a lot of guys got some mental health problems from it, just from the anxiety. And never mind the physical abuse, but just the mental anguish that goes on there. Holly used to say that his anxiety was that he wouldn't ever score again. And so when he scored, he was relieved, but then he started to get stressed again. But, like, will I ever score again? Because that's what, what he did, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a guy who's a goal scorer and all of a sudden you can't score goals, think of the anxiety. And so, yeah, we'll dive into that. He'll, he will love to talk about that because it's something interesting to him. And to maybe help with your nerves, Donnie, and maybe this will make it even worse. been a long time since I talked with him, but it was always just a conversation. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like, I'm going to sit down and interview this guy, no, smile no. on his face, yeah. talking back with you. Talking while you're, I mean, it just seemed like a conversation from when I remember, but it's been a while. Listen, man, we started this podcast. Donnie, he really likes when people just come up randomly and kiss him. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. But you yes. know, man, like when this podcast started, I did not foresee us getting to interview number 16. Like, what? you know, man, like, I promised you this guy. It's, it's, yeah, but, you, he did, actually. I, I didn't think it was ever going to come guy through. On but, a silver platter. But it just still, man, it just, it, it means a lot, man. Like, I'm a, dude, I'm a fan. That's why I'm here. I'm a fan. So it's, it's a really awesome thing. I can't wait. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Next Saturday, Saturday it's baby. called Brett Hall's Junction House in Wentzville. Have you been there? I have yeah. been there. Is Actually, it it's an incredible establishment. Yeah. The food is awesome. It's super trendy in there. Like, you're going to really, really have a good time. I can't wait. Oh, my God. I can't wait. You good? Yeah, right? I do have therapy <laughs> once before this happens next week, so that'll be perfect. good. Can Timing we, is perfect. Can we schedule a second one? Maybe? <laughs> we might need to maybe on just Friday. Throw down maybe like, like Thursday right on the Friday, spot. something like that. But you that. know what, though, Does your therapist I, would do you like invite... house calls? Ah, uh, no, unfortunately not, man. We do the virtual visit though, so that's very that's handy. Oh, you can... Maybe this would make this uh, easier. Could we come with you one time on a on a? Uh, well, I mean, you guys can, but it's going to be a lot of me going. See, see, <laughs> hey, see what I got to deal I with. I brought my reasons. See. <laughs> Donnie, I'll be just fine. Don't worry about it. Dude, but you know what? Also, too bad. Like, I like being a little nervous, man. A little nervous uh, fuels the old fire, you know? Like, I, I like that little feeling in the belly. Sure. It's all right. I get you. Oh, you know what? what? We didn't ask him about this last thing here. Do you want to ask him about that before we go? What is, uh, what? I didn't, who even... needs to play with? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we want to try to do this every show. Go for it. Yeah, no, no, it's your thing. You got to do it. Who needs to play on Saturday like they're in a bad mood? Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. I, I know that's a very random thrown right out at the end yeah. of the show. Is it James still. Neal again? Um, well, yeah, it is James Neal for sure. Um, but I, I think, quite honestly, I think it's Jake Neighbors. I think it's Jake Neighbors. And the reason being is I don't think he hasn't done it. But this is your first time, your first home game. You've got a bunch of people that want to love you. They want to love you. You go out there and you give them a reason to love you. And you run everything over in sight. You crash into the goalie. You take him through the back of the net. You do whatever you have to do. because So people leave there and go, I need a neighbor's jersey. So in my opinion, if I could give the young man any advice, is play exactly the way you have been. Dial it up a degree. Just one degree. Make it just a little hotter in there and... This kid will be loved by many. Do they do the solo skate thing for him? They at did home? that already. I know, but they, do they do it at home or no? no? They don't. Okay. No, Jeff, just once. So right. they do that. What the first game of the, his yeah. first yeah. game? Which, by the way, I game. saw that and I was like, ah, it's kind of a bummer. It wasn't at home, but I get it. But so that solo skate thing has become a bit of a tradition now, where guys go out and everybody knows it's happening. It happened to me 
But back when I did it, it wasn't like nobody knew. It was the veterans playing a joke on you. Mm. So Basil McRae, I'll never forget it. And we were in Montreal, the very first game where my nose got broken and all this craziness. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And he knew I was super excited. My parents are going to be in the building. It's a Montreal Forum, not the Bell Center, the Forum. And Basil goes, uh, hey, kid, lead us out there. He's lead us out there, man. He's like, you know, this is your first game. Uh, it's a big moment for you. You're going to lead us onto the ice. So as you're walking up, you know, you're like, like it's kind of nerve wracking. You see the people and there's a buzz in the, in the building. And so I hit the ice a couple of heart strides, you know, well, they stop. The guys stop. They like behind the bench, like, and they're watching me like do a half a lap, like hard strides. Like, right. The crossover is like rip, 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 rip. <laughs> and then I look over. I'm like, you son of a. So I stop and come over to the bench and I'm like, all right, you guys got me. And then they're like, oh, and then everybody comes on the ice. Did, so didn't it started hit, as a joke. You didn't know? this year somebody did that and they actually stepped on a puck and fell? Did I see that? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think... thought it was. Wasn't it? Didn't it happen to. Um, uh, Oh, it, it happened to our cat that was here and went to Carolina. It happened in, like, his first game with Carolina. Oh, he Joel to, Edmondson. And he bit it. Uh, yeah, I he mean, bit he it. bit it. Mm-hmm. Poor Joel. Oh, that, that Joel. Joel. <laughs> that, just, that just sucks, man. All right. Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Uh, make sure you are sharing the Last Minute Blues podcast. Love with your hockey loving friends. And don't forget to join us next Saturday. All of the details are up now at 101ESPN.com as well as 1057thepoint.com. Dot com. Brett Hall at the junk at Brett Hall at his junction house there in Winsville. Uh, we are there uh, starting at two o'clock, but the festivities I believe begin in earnest at three. And again, go to the website for more details. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.